Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. Now, let me take you to John 10. And uh, I want you to say, you got to hear the master's voice. John 10 and 1 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a house of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Somebody just say, because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now, they follow the shepherd. Why? Because they know his voice. They run from the stranger. Why? Because they don't know that voice. Voice is everything. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pasture. And here's the 10th verse is the one that you may be more familiar with. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Your King James Version says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. Father, thank you for the reading of your truth. We pray, Lord, that the word would take root in our hearts and it would grow and produce fruit. We ask, Lord, that you would separate us from every distraction and cause us to focus in for the next few moments on what you're saying. If you'll do this for us, we vow to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' amazing name we pray, and everybody said, amen. We got to this discussion about hearing the voice of the Lord last week at the close of a message called Focusing on the Future. Look at somebody say, get your eyes out of the past. At some point, you'll have to move out of the past and into the future or you're doomed to live in the past for the rest of your life. So uh, we began to talk about then, okay, that sounds good, but how do you do it? Number one, here's what we said. We said that uh, your ability to forget your past is predicated or built upon your ability to begin to see your future. 
In other words, it is your ability to see that God has something more for me that causes me to stop looking at the failures of yesterday. As long as I don't have a vision for what's ahead, I will constantly go back to what used to be. Can I get a witness in the building? Anybody know what it's like to dream old dreams and to have old nightmares and sing old songs and cry old tears and miss old boyfriends? Y'all ain't gonna talk to a brother in here. The, the whole idea of a sense of loss in my past, a mourning over what I did that was wrong or how I failed two years ago or what happened 10 years ago or what was done to me 15 years ago. Those things will absolutely captivate our minds, our thinking until God gives us a vision of what he's getting ready to do in our lives. Now I want to know, is anybody expecting God to bless you in this new year? Is anybody here expecting your wealth to grow this year anybody expect your health to get better this year does anybody have an expectation of greater joy this year or oh, y'all don't act like it is there anybody that's got an expectation of greater joy is there anybody that's believing God the peace of God in my life is going to be greater this year than it's ever been before is there anybody that's making a claim for victory and not defeat and when you make that claim, it is the claim for the future that delivers your eyes from the past. It is the claim for what is ahead that delivers your mind from what has already happened. And until you can adequately describe the vision of your future, you'll be destined to live in your past. I just need somebody to praise God for the future. I need somebody to thank God for what's ahead. I, I need somebody to lift your head and say, God, I lift my head to see what's in front of me. I'm constantly reminded by the devil of this happened and that happened and this went wrong and that went wrong and God didn't do this and God didn't do that. Anybody decide I'm forgetting those things that are behind and I'm pressing toward the things that are ahead in my life. Every now and then you got to put your foot down. Every now and then you got to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, devil, you pushed me long enough. You forced me into living in 1978 long enough. That year is gone. The folk that wronged me are gone. I don't even know those people anymore. I'm not living in that any longer. I am moving into what God has for my life. And it is that full and whole and detailed description of what God wants to do for me now that delivers me from yesterday. Paul said it this way. He said, I haven't gotten to the thing that God has for me yet, but here's what I do. I'm forgetting those things that are behind me and I am focusing. Somebody holler focus. I am focusing on the things that are ahead. You see, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on what was? Are you focusing on what is and what could be? It is that focus that changes everything for you. So the ability to forget your past is built upon your ability to describe your future. Your ability to describe your future is built upon who you're listening to. Who is in your ear? And what are they saying when they're in your ear? I know the Lord is in your ear sometimes, but he has to contend with all those other people that are in your ear too. There are all those other 
influences, all those other things that go on. And there's something interesting about human beings. We don't, because we don't understand the human psyche, uh, we don't understand how our inputs manage us and sometimes dictate our thoughts to us based on inputs. Like I talked to somebody one time and they said, pray for me, please pray for me. He goes, I have just, I, I have lots of nightmares and bad dreams just constantly. I said, what you, what you do at night? I watch TV. I said, what you watch? I usually watch some horror movies. I said, you don't need prayer. You need to adjust your inputs. Because this has little to do with God and more to do with what you're putting in to your spirit and in your mind. Matter of fact, I would challenge you to look at the symptoms of your hardships and your sin and ask yourself, are there any connections between the symptoms that I'm showing and the stuff that I'm inputting into my life? Are you hearing me? And so you and I have to manage those inputs. A part of prayer and fasting is for us to get a hold to what's going into us. Not just what's going into our physical body, that's important too, but also what's going into our mind, what's going into our spirit. Who are the five closest people to you and what are they about and where are they going? Because your life will be the sum total of the five closest people in your life. And you and your group are not the exception. If they're raggedy, you're going to be raggedy. If they jacked up, you're going to be jacked up. If everybody you relate to and share your vision with is broke, you're going to end up broke too. You see, at some point, you have to understand the truth that we become the product of the inputs into our lives. And so, so and, and see, and how many of y'all know broke is a, you have to be careful with what you call broke because Pastor Jay married a broke man. I didn't have any money, but I had a future. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I, oh, I was wearing a suit made out of two women's names, Polly and Esther. And they was all living together in a light blue suit. But I had a dream. And I had a vision. You see, what I'm talking about is when you're with folk who have no vision, they have no dream, and they don't have the work ethic to make it happen, even if they're dreaming about it. Because you can dream all you want to, but my daddy said, don't nothing come to a sleeper but a dream. I need more than a dream. I need to wake up and do something that causes my dream to come to pass. So then what I begin to do now is now I come down to the voices that are in my ear, and I have to ask. Ask myself the question, how well do I hear the voice of God? How well do I hear the voice of God? Listen, don't turn me off because it's not about to get so deep that you can't deal with it. No, it's not that deep. Because I'm going to give you three things that you can do. I shared them quickly last week, but no detail. But I'm going to give you three things that you can do. And when you do it, it will guarantee you to be able to consistently follow the voice of the Lord. Now, before I even enter into those three things, I want to talk to you about something called hunger. And I want to ask you a simple question. Now, don't go real deep with your answer because the question is very simple. 
What's one of the primary things that might keep you from being hungry when somebody offers you something to eat? Already full. Don't like who made it? <laughs> yes, Lord. Bad <laughs> smell. Somebody said presentation. What it looked like. All that, all that kind of stuff. Somebody real deep in first service said, if I'm fasting. I said, yeah, we already assumed that one. But, but you know, the one thing that we all would share in common that would keep us from eating, except for the exceptionally greedy people in the room, is that if we're already full. If you're already full, then you don't really have a hunger. And oftentimes when we approach God, the reason we're not hungry for him, because we already ate. We're already full. And the problem is we're full on something that did not satisfy us except temporarily, but it does restrict us from wanting more of God because we're so full of everything else. Are you hearing me? I know this is a little convicting, but I need you to say amen. Those of you who are new to church, you need to understand that when the preaching gets convicting, you don't get quiet because then everybody knows it's you. When it gets convicted, you say, amen, yes, Lord, preach on, bro. You preach that word. Don't get there and get all quiet and start shaking and put your head down and start texting your friend. You need to look up like you good with this. Lord, thank you for this word right now. I receive it in Jesus' name. But if you allow yourself to eat too much other stuff, you'll never have a hunger for God. So if you want to have hunger for God, you may have to rid yourself of other stuff that's tried to fill you up, but you've grown enough now to to know that most of the stuff that folk are running after, it does not satisfy your life. It'll bring you headaches, disease, and drama, but it will not satisfy the deepest need of your life that only God can satisfy the God-shaped vacuum that's inside your life. And speaking of vacuum, all the engineers know that if I create a vacuum, a place where there is nothing, it then sucks everything into its space. I want to create a vacuum in my spirit so there's not a bunch of other stuff in so that when I get around God, it just sucks all the God into me that I can take. I want a vacuum. I want to get rid of stuff. I want to get rid of worldly ideas. I want to get rid of worldly lyrics. I want to get rid of all kind of worldly inputs. I want to get rid of that stuff so that then it opens me up with a hunger for God and then I want God and then I get the one who satisfies because Matthew 5 and 6 says, he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness will be satisfied. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief comes to destroy, but I've come that you might have a satisfying and enriching life. Wave at me if that's what you want. So here's what you do. Number one, start studying the word of God like it's your job. Look at your neighbor and say, make studying the word your job. Now, here, here's the temptation for American Christians is that you ever met somebody who got sick and didn't want to start taking vitamin supplements? Because they think it's like Tylenol. They think they, nobody told them it's going to take you 30 to 45 days before that stuff even gets in your system once you start taking natural supplements or vitamins. 
Um, and, and the real issue is if we ate properly, the vitamins that we take in would be in the food. That will preach all day long. If we ever start eating the word instead of just taking it like a vitamin supplement when we start feeling bad, if we would eat it every day, there would be enough vitamins, spiritual vitamins in it so we wouldn't get sick in the first place because we've got the supplement already in us because instead of treating the word like a vitamin you take after you start having the sniffles, it's your elderberry you take in when you already got a temperature of 101. No, but I start taking the word before there is a temperature. I start taking in the word before there are symptoms. I take in the word not as medicine, but as food. And in my spiritual food is everything I need to build me up spiritually. And so now why do we say study the word like it's a job? Because that's what the, the Bible teaches. It tells us very clearly here in uh, 2 Timothy I believe it's around 2, maybe verse 15. Work hard so you can present yourself to God. Let your neighbor say, work hard. Work hard. I, don't, I, I don't really feel like reading no book. Look at your neighbor and say, work hard. Work hard. I, I, when I come home from work, I'm too tired to read the Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, work hard. work hard. You see, at some point, all those excuses have to go by the wayside. And you become, Can I ask you all a question? Anybody here ever wanted something really bad? I, I'm only going to talk to honest people in the building. Anybody here ever wanted something or somebody really bad? And how many you know when you want something or somebody really bad, it ain't no such thing as being too tired? Yeah, y'all don't want to talk to a brother now. Ain't no too tired when you really want something or you really want somebody. My stuff is PG. I don't know what y'all thinking about. But when you really want something or somebody really bad, ain't no too tired. I want to get to the place where I want God like that. It ain't no too tired. I want God. It ain't no I ain't got time. No, you don't find time for what you really want. You make time. I need to find some honest folk that ain't been saved forever in the building. Have you ever wanted something? so bad that you made time for that. You didn't try to find time for that. Oh, we gonna make time for this. See, this is what God wants to be in your life. He wants to be that entity in your life, the person in your life that you crave, that you long for. I know I'm preaching old school. I know I'm preaching old timey. I know I'm preaching something that some of you have never heard before, but there comes a place in your life where you discover that nothing satisfies but Jesus. Nothing fixes it but his word, and you long after that, and then when you run into a situation, you're already equipped for it when you get there, and then you can look at your shoulder, look over your shoulder say, even when I go through the fire, I won't be burned. And when I go through the water, the waters won't overflow me. And even when trouble comes, every tongue that rises against me, he'll judge it. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. But every tongue that rises against me, he'll judge it. And listen, when you get that word in you, you'll be walking around your house and I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. My enemies come on me one way and flee from me seven ways. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. God is blessing everything I touch. See, 
you can't get that from just listening to somebody preach. You get that when you get your own happy self in the word. And that word becomes a part of you. And you start, don't tell me you can't memorize scripture. You memorize everything else. Ain't nothing wrong with your memory. It's just what are you trying to memorize? What are you meditating on? Joshua said, I'm meditating his law day and night. And then I'll make my own way prosperous and have good success. Can I find somebody that wants to prosper in the building? Anybody want your bills paid? Anybody want your debt out the way? Anybody tired of crying over stuff? You need to decide to make your own way prosperous by meditating on the word. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to drink it. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to meditate on it. Ain't no more me talking about, but I couldn't find the book. But I couldn't find any. No, no, no. I'm going to get everything I need because I'm going to treat this word like it's my job. That's why the scripture, Paul told Timothy, said, work hard. Make this your job. And what I have discovered is that this word will carry you when you don't have anything else to depend on. This word will keep you when you cannot keep yourself. This word will be with you in your loneliest moment. This word will carry you. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk you in it. Even though he gives you the bread of affliction and the water of adversity, your teacher will appear and you'll hear a voice behind you saying, son, don't give up. This is the way walk I just need to preach to some folk that want something in 2023 if you don't want nothing go ahead you can go home you excuse yourself it's already after 12 o'clock I'll talk to y'all later but if you want something in 2023 I need you to jump with both feet into this place and say God I'm doing this in 2023 this is not going to be my normal 21-day consecration. This is the life-changing 21 days. I'll never be the same after this. I need you to tap three people and say, you need to work hard at that word. And then you need to make praise and worship your highest priority. You need to make praise and worship. Uh, matter of fact, I said it this way. Make worship and prayer a way of life. So you don't, again, so now you don't pray because there's trouble. You pray because God is your friend. Ooh. See, I love him so much, I want to talk to him when I'm not in trouble. Now, I'm not saying, oh, I really need him when I am in trouble, but I don't start talking to him when I get in trouble. I want to talk to him when I'm not in trouble because if I learn to talk to him consistently when I'm not in trouble, oftentimes that'll keep me... <laughs> Y'all already know, don't you? So, so, so when I make worship and prayer a way of life, it's what I do. And to you, listen, I'm going to take you real extreme. Until you start living your life when, when bedtime comes, you can't go to bed until you spend some time talking to God. But you said, no, I, can't, I know it's not, I'm tired too, but Lord, I ain't talked to you all day. I'm not going to bed. You know what? I'm scared to go out the door without spending some time with the master. I, I need to talk to you. And I know morning ain't the time for everybody. And so you may have to do your prayer at night so that way you're ready when you go out the door the next morning. Whatever time works for you, just get it in. But make it a way of life so that it's not just some Christian little mamby-pamby religious we pray. Forget all that. 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, putting on the helmet of salvation and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and put on the breastplate of righteousness and take up the shield of faith, which is able to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Put your, put your feet down in the, in, the, in the shoes of salvation and wrap your, wrap your midsection up with the truth so that you can win this battle. You need him more than you've ever needed him before and and then I'm almost done I'm almost done and and I said to the saints this uh this morning and I want to say this to you as well that when you seek God favor will seek you watch this who in the room has ever got something from God you didn't ask for who in the room has ever prayed for stuff and forgot that you prayed it and then the Lord did it and then you had to remember that you prayed, I, I, I feel something, I feel something in here. Who in the room has ever said, God, I don't even really need all of this, but thank you for what you're doing for me. Or oh, if I ain't got you yet, I'll get you now. Who in the room has got something that you know you don't deserve, but God gave it to you anyway? Why? Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will So while I'm seeking him, stuff is coming after me. So I seldom ever pray about stuff. I seldom ever ask God about stuff. And normally if I do, it's for somebody else. I don't ask him for stuff. It's not because I'm that deep or that spiritual. I just know him too well. I've been knowing him since I was eight. I figured it out. When I pursue him, he supplies all my needs. When I pursue him, he makes a way for me. Here's why. Because I'm deep? No. Because he knows I'm a soldier in his army and no soldier goes to battle on his own money. When a soldier goes to battle, the government pays for his uniform. The government pays for his, for his uh, weapons. The government pays for his boots. The government pays for his hat. I'm a soldier in the army. God is supplying every one of my needs. I'm trying to recruit you. I'm trying to recruit you. You trying to get money. You trying to get diamonds. You trying to get a girl. You trying to get a guy. I'm trying to get you God so you can get everything that you'll ever need. High five your neighbor, tell him, let's run after the kingdom. Let's, let's run after the kingdom. Don't y'all love Psalm 23? I'm trying to get back to my teacher, but I, I, I messed myself up now. Y'all, don't y'all love Psalm 23? Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for I got the presence with me. Once I got the presence with me, surely goodness and mercy will follow. Surely goodness and mercy would. I tried to get away from goodness and mercy, but they won't leave me. They just keep following me. I, 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 I got it right and goodness and mercy followed me. I got it wrong. Goodness and mercy still following me. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Thou anointest my head with oil. That's empowerment. You give me power, and then you make a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You don't, God doesn't have to take your enemies out. He'll feed you with your enemies. Look, he'll make your enemy feed you. God will make a table for you in the presence. I wish you'd praise him in this building. This is the life changing 21 days that you've been waiting for. All God needs from you, Lady J said it, simple obedience. Let your neighbor say simple obedience. Now, if the prophet, if we had a prophet come in and tell all of us, if you will do a 25 mile marathon, crawl, walk, or run, God is going to do the miraculous in your life. Y'all know we be signing up. Some of y'all fantasizing about it right now. You already see yourself in your... Because those challenges lift up something that we did. But God said, no, it's not going to ever be about you. You're never going to be able to say, because I ran 25 miles, because I did this, because I read four verses, because I did five chapters, because I memorized two. No, no, no. You're never going to be able to say, and that's why the Lord. No, no. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by grace are we saved through faith. It's the gift of God, nothing you can brag or boast about. So this guy named Naaman, he's a general in the Syrian army in 2 Kings chapter 5, and I'm closing. He he has leprosy. Leprosy is a contagious skin cancer that literally starts with the soft tissue of the skin and eventually becomes a bone and tissue cancer. It literally wipes. There, people get leprosy and they lose their fingers. They lose their nose. They, everything until they become a skeleton, a walking skeleton, and they die a horrible death. And it's not curable. Once you have it in those days, you were placed in lifetime quarantine. You left your family, you left everything. Well, this Syrian general has leprosy. He's heard about a prophet who can get people healed. So he gets all his, his boys, his posse together. He heads on over to see the prophet. Prophet is having breakfast. The prophet cares nothing for his level in society in Syria. The prophet wipes a little milk out of his beard and pushes raisin bran down. And uh, he said, uh, mm, go tell him to go down to Jordan, dip seven times, he'd be all right. And you know, if you're a bad boy, you know, being a general in the Syrian army, you'd like the CEO of CEOs. Brother doesn't even come out to greet you. But if you ever get desperate enough for God, you don't care about being greeted. You just want a word from God. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? But the prophet says, the prophet insults Naaman, sends his servant out there with a message. The servant tells Naaman, said, the prophet said, go dip in 
He's not coming out? Uh, no, he's he, he busy right now. He's he not going to sit down and counsel with me personally? Uh, no, uh, he's not. But he said if you go dip in the Jordan seven times, you'll be healed. And they said, I ain't going. He said, first of all, you done insulted me like this? Forget that. And you're going to tell me to swim in that nasty Jordan River? And I got all them clean rivers back in Syria that I could have swam in, and I'm going in this nasty river of y'all's? Not happening. He's on his way home with leprosy. How I many you know pride will make you miss your blessing? Until somebody in his, uh, some millennial in his regime says, uh, uh, sir, sir, uh, sir. If, I'm just thinking that if the prophet had asked you to do something, you know, magnanimous, you know, climb out Kilimanjaro or something, you know, you probably, you're a bad boy. You probably would have done that. I mean, he just asked you to do something simple. I mean, sir, you're going to die anyway. <laughs> what you got? You only a millennial can get into it. What you got to lose, bro? <laughs> but those words captured Naaman. And he received what that young advisor said. He said, I guess you're right. Touch your neighbor and say, simple obedience. He goes to Jordan. How many of y'all know what happened when he dipped one time? Absolutely nothing. What do you think happened when he dipped two times? How about four? How about six? Because, I mean, how many know you're almost there? Nothing happened until the seventh time. Before we shout, I need you to tell somebody, this may be your seventh time. <laughs> This might be your. You know, I came to consecration last year. This might be your. But I started praying eight years ago. But this might be your. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to die anyway. You might as well try. You might as well try because this might be your. On the seventh time when he got up. All the leprosy immediately left his body. He was completely clean. Now, I just need to ask four honest people in the building. Is it worth going down one more time? Is it worth trying God one more time? Is it worth giving God another opportunity? Says, ain't nobody got the answer that I need anyway. Tap your neighbor and say, I can't go to nobody else. I might as well go on back to God. And I'm going to go to God till I get what I'm asking for. I'm going to go to God till he hears me. I'm going to go to God if I aggravate him. I'm going to God. I'm going to lay on my face before God and say, God, I don't have anybody else. Nobody can fix this. If you don't do it, it can't be done. I'm going to stay right here. And if I'm here, consecration of 2024, I'm going to stay right here because that may be my. I need you to run to three people and tell them this may be your seventh time. Say yes. This might be your seventh time. You better run one more time because this might be your seventh time. You better pray one more year because this might be your seventh time. You better fast one more day because this might be your seventh time. You better read that word one more time because this 
might be your seventh time. You better cry again. This might be your seventh time. You better read this book because this might be. I've spent my life living for the seventh time because it hardly ever works on the first time. The second, all of y'all stand up because if y'all don't stand up, we're going to be here all, all afternoon. I, 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 but that got y'all up for y'all. Like, yes. I didn't know some of y'all could move, but y'all moved in. Woo, thank you, Jesus. I've lived my life looking for the seventh time because it never happens in my timing. It's always that seventh. And for the new folks, and folks been around a while, seven speaks to completion. So when you ask yourself, or maybe ask the Father, how many times do I have to do it until it's complete? How many times I got to go to counseling? I want to smack you for saying that. Preach, man. How many times I got to go back for prayer? How many times I got to go share this with someone? How many times do I have to, how many, until my deliverance is complete? How many times do I have to ask God to heal me? Until he does. He said, ask and keep on asking. Not, and keep on, seek and keep on seeking. Make this prayer your way of life. Not a quick fix, not quick supplement but a way of life come on bow your head with me give God thanks for the word would you <laughs> heads bowed and eyes closed and if you're watching this online don't go nowhere get your snack later stay right here um, if you're watching me online and you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today's your day here we go I tried to serve Jesus before. This may be your seventh time. I need you to say yes to Jesus today, no matter what's happened in the past. If you're in this building and A, you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. B, you don't know if you ever made a commitment to Christ. C, you made a commitment to Christ, but you've kind of slipped away. D, you made a commitment to Christ, but you haven't had the courage to come public with your commitment. Much of your freedom is going to come in your going public, getting baptized, letting everybody know I'm a Christian now. So if you're A, B, C, or D, I just want, and you want me to pray for you today, I want you to just raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I'm not sure where I stand with God, or I've walked away from God, or I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life, or I need courage to go all in like those folks did this morning in baptism. Now, Father, I want to thank you for these sisters and brothers that have raised their hand and the ones that raised their hand online. I pray for them now in Jesus' name that you'd give them the strength and the courage to take a step to say yes to you. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and receive you as Lord and Savior. Forgive me 
cleanse me, wash me, and make me a new person. I turn to you, and I turn from sin, and I ask for your forgiveness. Make me your own for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you, and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text JESUS to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.